Welcome back to the No Problem Parenting Podcast, where we choose to deal with and overcome the behavioral and emotional challenges within our homes. Hey everybody, I'm Jackie Finneman, I'm your host, and today I have a comeback guest. Yes, that's right. I have a special guest that's back with me. His name is Mort Fertel. Mort was on the first time to talk about Sudshare, the company that he and his family have started uh, that helps you with your laundry. It's like Uber for laundry. And during our uh, pre-conversation for that episode, Mort and I were actually talking about another company that he owns called Marriage Fitness. This is a company that is very close and near and dear to Mort's heart because really when he and his wife were struggling many years ago, you're going to hear about his story. Uh, And they tried marriage therapy and it didn't work. So this is for all of you parents out there who are maybe struggling with your marriage and traditional therapy hasn't worked for you either. It's another option or alternative to helping you to save your marriage and you're gonna learn how it's possible to save your marriage even if only one person is uh, willing to work on the marriage. And I was super happy to hear that because most of of you parents out there that have worked with me already, you know that I, while I'd prefer if there's a two-parent family home, that I would work with both of you, it's not always feasible or possible. And it doesn't mean that just because mom and dad aren't on board with the uh, coaching that things can't change and things can't improve in your relationships with your kids. And same thing with the marriage. So I was really curious about that. And Mort's going to go into that a little bit today. Um, You know, so here's the other thing that I loved about Mort and why I had to interview him with regards to um, marriage coaching. Uh, he talks about how problems don't always need to be solved. And I absolutely love that. Remember in No Problem Parenting, we say we give problems only as much attention as they deserve, and then we keep removing. We focus on the solutions and we focus on the good. Now that's not to say that we skirt around problems. Nope, we deal with and overcome problems head on, right? And we only give them as much attention as they deserve because like Mort is saying in his marriage fitness program, focusing on making new things right is way better than rehashing and going over past problems and uh, feeding those problems and keeping them those problems center stage. So I'm going to introduce Mort and then we're going to get on with this episode. I could talk forever about it. I absolutely just... Uh, really appreciate and respect this guy. So Mort Fertel is the creator of Marriage Fitness, a relationship renewal system that's been used by millions, get that people, millions of people in marital crisis. In addition to his success with couples, he pioneered the Lone Ranger Track, which offers people with an obstinate spouse a path to reconciliation. People from all over the world schedule private telesessions with Mort and seek his counsel by joining the Marriage Fitness Teleboot Camp, the most comprehensive relationship home learning program in the world. Mort Fertel is the author of Marriage Fitness Audio Learning System and the host of the Fix Your Marriage podcast. Over 3 million people have subscribed to his free report, Seven Secrets to Fixing Your Marriage. Download it, it's really good people, I've gotten it myself. Mort is the subject of Back from the Brink, a documentary written and directed by Toros Thomas, which chronicles people in marriage crisis. He graduated from the University of Pennsylvania in 1987, was the CEO of an international nonprofit organization and a former marathon runner. He lives with his wife and five children, including triplets, in Baltimore, Maryland. All of the links to Mort's information program, book, everything is gonna be in the show notes. So listen in, parents, you're not gonna wanna miss this one. 
Well, thanks for coming back to the show, Mort, to talk all things today about marriage. Actually, the, the last time I met you, we were talking about Sudshare and how to raise your kids to become an entrepreneur. And I learned during our conversation before uh, recording the episode that you had this marriage fitness business or program as well. And I was like, wait, what? I've got to have you back on. So here we are a couple months later. And and thanks for, for coming back to talk all things marriage today. Thanks for having me back. I guess it wasn't so bad last time. No, it was actually pretty pretty good. So let's let's jump. First, I've got to know, you know, how your career started. I learned about the Sudshare business, right? How did your career start or shift you into this this marriage uh, world? Yeah, so I seem to have a habit of taking my personal experiences and transfer translating them into into businesses. So that that is true here as well. Um, it, it really started about 20 some years ago. My wife and I had our own marital crisis. And um, we, uh, the, it started because um, we had a son who died when he was about one week old. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. And then we had twin daughters who also died. Oh my goodness. And within, within a period of 18 months, we lost three children. And it was really, really, really stressful on the marriage. Um, difficult for our whole lives, but uh, you know, particularly difficult on the marriage. And um, you know, we um, we reached out for help in all the traditional ways. My wife learned about Mars. I learned about Venus. We went to mm -hmm. therapy. Um, you know, please repeat back to me. You know exactly what I said. You know, did I understand you correctly? You know those sort of traditional techniques. And to be honest, we were horrified at the quality of the advice that we were getting and the impact or the, or the lack of impact that it was having on our marriage. We just found that a lot of the strategies and techniques were silly. Uh, they were ineffective. Um, we were sick of people asking us how we felt. We wanted real advice about what to do to make a difference. Um, I was sick of people asking me what I thought. If I if I knew what I thought and what to do, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> like, right. do you actually have any practical advice from it, you know? And so it was just such a horrible experience. And um, we ended up putting a and oh, and also it was also a very negative experience, meaning that no matter where we went, whatever books we read, whatever advice we got, we were always being asked what was wrong. And we found the more we talked about what was wrong, the more we were mired in the negativity of our whole situation. In the end, we found that our marriage was transformed not by fixing what was wrong, but by making new things right. It was by putting aside the problems and the issues and instead going to work building positive relationship habits, creating connection and creating goodwill. At the end of the day, the solution to every marital problem, every marital issue is connection. When a husband and wife are connected, then the problems just dissipate. As one of my own students said, oh, I get it, Mort, the problems don't actually get resolved. They just dissolve. And that's exactly right. And if you, if you haven't experienced it, it sounds almost magical or mysterious. But if you've been through it, that would resonate with you as, yeah, that's exactly what happens. Anyway, 
we succeeded to reconcile our marriage and really fall in love again. But again, but we did it not by dealing with our problems or fixing what was wrong, but by making new things right. When we got through this, we felt like we had a responsibility to like share what we experienced with the world. We also did some research on traditional marriage counseling and therapy and found that we weren't the only one having this experience. But the, the effectiveness of traditional marriage counseling and therapy is pathetic. <laughs> it's actually hard to believe that the industry uh, and the profession still exists and that people still go for using this methodology despite the fact that it so rarely works. So I ended up doing a bunch of research. I wrote a whole book called Marriage Fitness, which is an alternative to marriage counseling. My wife and I created a new methodology for fixing marriages. Um, we thought that maybe we would just print out a couple copies of the book, give it to our kids and move on with our life. We didn't imagine that a whole movement would take place. Um, the, uh, the book was picked up um, by the Library Journal. It was, um, uh, it was on national media, got national media coverage. It was endorsed by Stephen Covey and John Gray. It started to get all of this attention um, because of the new methodology. And um, then I ended up developing the strategies from that book into a more extensive and comprehensive program called the Marriage Fitness Camp, which turned out to be sort of the main marriage fitness program that is, um, you know, that is on my website now and that over the last 18 years, um, millions of people have used to save their marriage. So in, in a nutshell, that's, you asked the question, like, how did I get into this? That was a little bit of back, you know, a, a, a a shortened version of the, uh, the history of marriage fitness. You just said so many things that I am thrilled to uh, have learned and talk talk with you about today. Um, you know, my story is I left a 20 year career as a counselor, not because I don't believe in counseling and therapy at all. I just felt like we were focusing so much on the problem. We were diagnosing kids and we were you know, diagnosing, I, we were led to believe, and I think this is true in part, that once you have a diagnosis, you can treat or you can, you know, you kind of know what you're dealing with. And that was all great and fine. However, the measurable goals and the treatment planning and, you know, all those things that we had, we were required because insurance was paying and insurance was medical model. And all of these treatment plan goals, we, it was like we were every day we were having to, or every session we were having to talk about how much better your problem was, but we were addressing the problem, not talking about, you know, like the good things that were happening or focusing on the strengths or the connection or, you know, that sort of stuff. And so it's really validating to me more. To, so maybe this is just my ego and, uh, <laughs> and, and my self-esteem at play here, but that just in your experience, you and your wife, that you guys were like, Hey, wait, this isn't, this isn't helping us. This is drawing us further apart. Right. Um, and so thank you for being bold and, and putting and sharing that for one and not having any, it just seems to me you're pretty confident and, and don't have any issue kind of knocking the therapeutic field when it comes to, to marriage therapy. That's true. It's true. I do have confidence and I don't have any issue. That, that's not to say that there aren't some good mental health professionals, counselors, and therapists out there. Um, there are. But in general, there are, in my opinion, systemic flaws 
in the methodology. I mentioned one of them, I'll mention another. The training, and you went through it so you can validate this for me. If I'm not mistaken, the training teaches and emphasizes the importance of not passing judgment, being amoral. And um, to me, that's ironic. People are coming to us because they need help. They need help because they're off course. In my experience, and it's been decades now, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of cases. In my experience, people's marriages are messed up. It's not an accident. It's not a mystery. They're messing them up. They don't know how they're messing them up. That's why they've come to me. My job is to assess what are they doing wrong and how do I get them on the right track? And we're not going to get there if I ask them, you know, how do you feel? And well, how do you feel about that? And well, what do you think about that? And <laughs> if what they felt and what they thought was, was, was uh, on target, they wouldn't be speaking to me. I'll give you the, 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 the this is an extreme example, but it's a cute, funny story. And it, and it makes my point, even though I admit it's an extreme example. I was doing a full day intensive once with a couple in Detroit. And early in the day, I could sense that there was something going on here that, that wasn't being revealed. So I asked to speak to each of them privately for a little bit. And when I got a chance to speak to the husband, I said, you know, I just feel it. There's more to the story here. Tell me what's going on. He said, you're right. He said, I'm having an affair. So, okay. I said, well, you're, you're, you're here to, uh, for me to help try to help you with your marriage, right? He said, yeah. I said, well, you gotta stop. He said, what do you mean? So I said, well, it's not complicated. You're having an affair. It's wrong. Stop. He said, wow, nobody ever told me that before. So I said, well, wait a second. Didn't you tell me in the first few minutes of our session when I was getting some background information, didn't you tell me that you've been in therapy for six months and you go every week? He said, yes. I said, are you telling me your therapist never told you to stop the affair? He said, no. You're telling me your therapist never told you this was wrong? No. If, if it makes me feel good, then maybe it's okay. <laughs> I was um... like... When I, when I got my head out of my hands, I'm like, and this, and this man wanted me. He needed me to tell him, stop this. It's unbecoming of you and destroying your marriage. And here he was with a professional for six months. He wasn't with me for more than six minutes. Six months, nobody told him to stop. Yeah, you would think so, that's just a Captain Obvious that he should know better, right? And just should know to stop. Oh, <laughs> definitely not true, though. People that are in affairs, you know, they've done tremendous mental gymnastics to try to rationalize what they're doing. You know, most people in affairs, if you ask them before they got married and before they had an affair, if an affair was wrong, they wouldn't hesitate. Of course, this is wrong. But when they're in the affair, their, pair, their worldview shifts and they don't see it as something they're doing wrong. They've come up with some explanation, some rationalization. 
um, I sometimes I'll even be speaking to people and I'll, you know, and speaking to them, I'll, I'll ask them about quote their affair and they'll say, I'm not having an affair. What do you mean? I thought you just told me you were, uh, you know, that you were sleeping with such and such a man or such and such. Well, yeah, but it's not an affair. I, you know, I, I separated from my wife three months ago. Oh, 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 wait a second. Let me get out my dictionary again. Are you telling me that separation is now equivalent to divorce? You tell me your marital status changed, right? In their mind, they just rewrote the definition of marriage. They just rewrote the definition of infidelity because they separated or because they told their spouse, they don't need it to be separated. I mean, I'm making that up as an example. You know, I told my, I told my husband I was unhappy. Yeah, therefore. <laughs> oh, are you telling me that now gives you license to have an affair? Oh, it's not an affair. He's my boyfriend. No, he's not your boyfriend. He's your mister. That's why when, uh, when the story about Jeff Bezos broke, Jeff Bezos' marriage broke, okay, you, you can Google this if you want. Mort Fertel went ballistic on the media when the, when the Jeff Bezos story broke. Why? Because the media said that Jeff Bezos was dating Lauren, whatever her name is, Sanchez. Dating? What do you mean dating? And they, call, and they called her his girlfriend. I went ballistic. He's not dating her. He's having an affair. And it's not his girlfriend. It's his mistress. He's married. Hello? Married. You know what that means? You know, just because they announce on Twitter that they're getting divorced, you know? And by the way, did anybody actually think that it was his girlfriend the day after he announced on Twitter that he's getting divorced. It, obviously, he's been having an affair, and what? And that had nothing to do with the. I mean, I was. I just was so angry because when the media does that, they give everybody else that looks up to Jeff Bezos as a hero an excuse now to behave this way, and to redefine things in this way, and so. Circling back to my point, this the second, what I believe is a fundamental flaw in the counseling and therapy arena um, is that on the one hand, we're training people to be amoral, um, which means to not pass judgment and tell people what they're doing is wrong. But the whole reason why they're in front of us is because they need help and they need help most of the time because they're behaving in ways that are wrong, improper, inappropriate, or ineffective, and they need to be told. Yeah, amen. So when people come to you and they say, you know, like this, let's use this example of the affair, and I wanna to get to another one here in a minute, but the affair, what, where do you start? You start with saying, stop having the affair, and then what? Well, it depends, you know, sometimes like in the case of this man, I think he really wanted somebody to tell him that what he was doing was wrong and he should stop. And he was able, and that, that was it. Like it was from there was, he was able to stop. In other cases, then it would start a whole process of helping them stop because they're addicted, right? They're, they're now emotionally and physically involved in this relationship. Right? They're getting nothing from their relationship at home. So this affair is like a drug. And now they need help um, you know, getting off the drug. Or it, there, there, there could be a step in between also. It could be that there's an extensive discussion required 
about why I should stop. Why is this wrong, right? So, so I just, I went kind of quickly, but I just gave really three different scenarios there. One scenario is you tell a person you got to stop, this is ridiculous, and they get it quickly and easily. Another scenario is they're open to it, let's discuss it. Um, why is it wrong? Uh, well, how, you know, how is this hurting my husband or my wife if they don't know? You know, why is this inappropriate if I'm separated? Um, you know, it could be a whole series of questions and discussions. It could be they have to be walked through a, you know, a rational thought process that helps them come to the conclusion that they should come to. Uh, and so, so that's the second scenario. Then a third scenario is that, you know, even if they want to stop, either because they get it right away or because they've been walked through that process, it's not so easy, <laughs> right? right. Uh, all of their fulfillment and satisfaction and ego strokes are coming from this affair, right? How, how, do, I, how do I stop doing something? My, li my life is a nightmare, Mort. This is the only place I get any pleasure. You know, you're going to take that away from me? You know, how, how, that's not so simple, um, especially when, you know, it's not like a, a drug is inanimate that doesn't keep coming after you. A mistress or a mistress does, right? Good point. You, you could sit down with a mistress or a mistress and say, look, I got to stop this. This is over. I'm going back to my husband, my wife. I'm going to work on my marriage. And it's not like they're going to say, oh, okay, I, re I respect that decision. Good luck. No. You know, the phone keeps ringing, the texts keep coming, you know, the visits, the, are you sure? And, you know, and uh, it's, it's not always so simple. Affairs don't happen in a vacuum. They happen in the context of a broken marriage. In other words, affairs don't lead to broken marriages. Broken marriages lead to affairs. And so in a sense, this is not an excuse or I'm not absolving the adulterer of responsibility, not in one, not one iota. So don't, mis don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But in a sense, the adulterer has a point when they say they're not getting their needs met. They're not. That, that must be true by definition or the affair wouldn't be occurring. That's a bitter pill for the betrayed to swallow because it it prompts them to take some responsibility. Doesn't mean that it's their fault, but just because something isn't our fault doesn't mean it's not our responsibility. There must be something missing in the marriage in order for such a situation to occur. And so both people, both the adulterer and the betrayed, have to take a serious look and ask, what is missing here? And, you know, this is not a commercial, but if you need help with that, ask me. <laughs> like there, there are people that can help you identify that. that uh, that's what I do. And um, you have to have the answer to that question. You have to. It, yeah. And actually, I think this is a commercial for you, Mort, because that's <laughs> one of the reasons why I do this podcast and bring guests on is, you know, people say, why do you do that for free or for what? It's because I want to help parents. I want to help them yeah. become the confident leaders their kids crave them to be. Yeah. And so whatever guests and resources I can bring that's going to help that happen, make that possible for them, I'm going to bring you on. This is one of the things we help people identify in the Marriage Fitness Teleboot Camp is what is that thing that is missing? 
because you have to be able to identify it so you can fill that gap. If you can't fill that gap, then you're not doing your part to, to, to get the affair to end. And you're also not get, doing your part to rebuild the trust. Um, sometimes people, the betrayed will think, well, the affair has to end first. <laughs> it's wishful thinking. And sometimes it works that way. And it would be nice if it could. And it's great if it can. But it doesn't always. And what are you going to do if you can't get the affair to end first? It's, it, you know, you've got to be ready and willing to do your part. And if you can fill that gap first, then it makes it much easier for the affair to end. I feel a little bad. I started out by putting responsibility on the betrayed. I really should have started, I'm gonna, and I'm going to now, put responsibility on the adulterer. It's, it's of course much easier to do that. Um, and I like to start there because it just lays a better groundwork. Um, so it's true that affairs don't lead to broken marriages, broken marriages lead to affairs. And it's true that there must be something missing in the marriage. And it's true that there's dual responsibility for whatever is missing. However, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I should never be misquoted. I am not ever giving the adulterer an excuse or a license to have an affair. I don't care what's going on in your marriage, how big things are, how bad things are, how big the gaps are, how much is missing. It is completely wrong and inappropriate to ever cross that line. Um, now, what I just said is obvious. I don't think we need to, I, I really shouldn't even have to say it, but I feel like I should because I just don't wanna be misunderstood. But it's obvious. I don't think you have any questions about that. Nobody would have any questions about that. Nobody would doubt that. Um, and so, you know, one, one of the keys to a successful marriage, just parenthetically, is self-control. In other words, an affair is an extreme example, um, but self-control is important in other ways also, like Sometimes people will think in a marriage that a successful marriage, successful racial relationship means that I can say whatever I want, whatever's on my mind. Hogwash, silliness. A successful marriage means that I have a good filter, that I think before I speak. If, if I said everything that was on my mind the moment it came to me, my marriage would be in the trash because I don't always have the best thoughts and I don't always have feelings that I should share. And the mark of a successful marriage is not that I can say whatever I want and express any feeling I have. The mark of a successful marriage is that there's a husband and wife that are able to exercise restraint based on intelligence that, you know what? That wouldn't be the smartest thing to say right now. You know what? Maybe that's not a feeling I should share at this moment. And so self-control, I, I, I just gave two examples. One was an extreme example, which is adultery, right? I mean, why, why do affairs occur? Well, there are many reasons. We already, had, we already talked about one of them, which is that there's a gap in the marriage. But I also just mentioned the second. Affairs occur because people lack self-control. I mean, this may sound strange for me to say, but I'll say it because it'll help, I think, all the listeners. I've been married for many years, thank God. Very successful, great marriage. And I've never, 
God forbid, had an affair. Does that mean that I've never had the opportunity? Does that mean that I've never been attracted to another woman the rest, you know, for, for the last 25 years? I mean, can, could any man say such a thing? <laughs> right? I mean, anybody who does, I think they'd be lying, right? Well, right, man or woman, to be right. honest. And so what's the difference between me and an adulterer? Well, okay, we might be able to list a number of things, but along the lines of what I'm speaking about here, I think one of the differences is self-control, restraint, you know, being able to align my actions with my goals and my values, not my impulses. So just tying it back into what we were discussing, the, you know, the point here is that I don't care what's going on in your marriage and how bad things are, um, it never gives you license to fail in exercising self-restraint. And that's what an, an affair is. It's a failure in self-restraint. You were, you were saying earlier about the justification and rationalization. I got a great story for you. Guy and his friend come into a bar and they, have, they each have a drink and they enjoy the conversation and they enjoy the bar. So they decide they're gonna you know, meet at this bar every day and have a drink. So they do for years and they get to know the bartender. One day, one of the guys passes away. So the next day, the other guy comes back into the bar and he orders two drinks. And every day they after orders two drinks and the bartender says, why are you ordering two drinks now? He said, well, one for me and one for my friend who, you know, he passed away. Okay. So years go by and every single day he comes in and he's ordering two drinks. Then all of a sudden, one day, he comes into the bar and he only orders one drink. And every day thereafter, he's ordering one drink. So the bartender says to him, for years, you've been coming in here having two drinks. Why only one drink now? He said, my friend stopped drinking. The power of, of self-deception, we don't appreciate it. It's, it's enormous. And most of the ways in which we're screwing up our lives, we're oblivious to our role and our responsibility in it because of the way we rationalize and, uh, and, and the power of self-deception. And I think it's all in an effort to self-protect, but it ends up um, coming back to bite us in the can, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, really not protecting anything when we're doing that. I, I want to make a point, though, too, that there are times in a marriage where no matter how hard or how much, no matter how much one partner wants the marriage to work, the other partner is not willing to participate. Uh, they're, they've been there, they've done that, they don't see it getting better. Maybe they've already you've tried as a couple, you've gone to therapy time and time again, it hasn't worked, hasn't proved to help, and you just feel stuck. And yet they're not divorcing. Uh, sometimes the other spouse is just not, they're like, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Does that mean the marriage is over? Yeah, no, thank you for saying that. Because of course, you know, I'm, I'm incredibly pro-marriage and I spend a tremendous amount of my time, my effort, my energy, and my career helping people fight for their marriage. And sometimes people will just assume that, oh, Mort Fertel, marriage at all costs. And it's actually not true. I do believe that there is and can be a time and a place for a person to call it quits. You do have what's called the Lone Ranger track. And yeah. you're saying that you get results that that can also save a marriage. Unbelievable results. And we um, we talked already in this 
conversation about two fundamental flaws in marriage counseling and therapy. And you just brought up a third. The third fundamental flaw in marriage counseling is there is this underlying assumption that I need the couple to work with. If one person goes in and says, I won't help with my marriage, the counselor will say, well, where's your husband? Where's your wife? And if I don't have them, like, what are you doing here? I can't help you. Really? And that's not the client's fault. That's your fault. <laughs> I mean, why can't you help them? I can help them. A marriage is a system. It's, it's like if you go into a chemistry lab and you take chemical A and you mix it with chemical B, you're going to get chemical C. If you want to get a new outcome, something different than chemical C, you don't have to change both chemicals. I could just change one and I'll get a different outcome. A marriage or a family is a system. And the, the outcome, the, the result of the relationship is a function of the input from both parties in the relationship. And if one party in the relationship changes the input, the whole dynamic changes. So this idea that like, I can't change my marriage until my husband or my wife gets on board, it's just ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's foolish. It's just simply not true. I think it's one of the things people like to tell themselves so they don't have to take unilateral responsibility. Because of course, of course it goes without saying it's better if both people are in the program. And of course it goes without saying it's easier if your husband or your wife is, is trying hard too. No duh, like do we even have to spend time talking about that? But that's, but don't use that as an excuse for trying to say that if that's not the case, well then there's nothing I can do because that's just not true. Yeah, if we were in a stadium or if we were in, in, a, in a stadium or an arena, I'd be standing up and clapping like round of applause for that. Okay. Uh, I, I believe the same thing more in my parent coaching. Oftentimes the mom will call me and and just typically it's the mom that, that makes the, the first call. And and then we'll have this nice conversation and she'll say, OK, I want to get started. And but does my husband have to be there? He works or he's got you know a tight schedule or he and, and I'll say absolutely not. I think you're absolutely right. The conversation changes when one or both totally change. And very often, very often, it's one person's unilateral effort that creates the motivation for the other spouse to eventually join in. Yeah, I was going to ask about so, that. Yeah, so like a lot of times in the, when people join in the program, they're, sometimes their first questions are about, how do I get my husband in? How do I get my wife in? No. no. Do me a favor, just employ the principles and practices that I'm teaching you and then watch them jump in. And if, if, if people would take half the time and energy they put into trying to get their spouse to join them and put that into implementing the program, their spouse would join. <laughs> well, let's get into that then before we wrap up today. We have the Marriage Fitness Teleboot Camp. And it, you have the Lone Ranger track or dual track, right? So tell us a little bit more about, uh, about what they get and how it all works. Sure. So first of all, you can go to mortfortel.com and, um, <clears throat> and learn all about it. But the Marriage Fitness Tele Bootcamp is the main, it's the only and main marriage fitness program. It's a very comprehensive uh, program and you get access to uh, a series of videos that explain step-by-step how to go about turning around your marriage and reconciling with your spouse. If you're in the Lone Ranger track, you'll learn principles and practices you can implement unilaterally 
that will have that impact. In addition to this series of videos, there's also about 100, maybe even more, 150 um, audio files that you can listen to that are recordings of previous Q&A teleconferences. Um, I mean, in other words, at this point, there's no new question. <laughs> After like 20 years, I, I, you know, like I've heard every question. And uh, so I've recorded the, you know, the questions and the answers uh, for people to be able to listen to them. And so that's included in the program as well. And then there is also a live Q&A teleconference. Um, but if you feel there's something that wasn't covered in the program, uh, that's unique to your situation, you can, have a, you can have a chance to ask me on the live Q&A teleconference. And there's also um, downloadable PDFs that are like a workbook. They're like exercises, written exercises um, that you're asked to uh, complete that help you with the implementation of the program and process some of the points. And then there's these series of important reminders where I take these because I, I, I like to develop ideas pretty thoroughly so people really understand not only what to do, but what's kind of the thinking behind it. Why does this work? Why is this effective? I, I want people to have really a thorough understanding of the successful practices in a marriage. But I have then these important reminders, which is just kind of cuts to the chase. Like in a couple of words, it helps you remember the entire episode, you know, the entire video, like the take-home point. Um, and th those are the main features of the program. Uh, you can sign up on my website. Um, if you have any questions about it, you can call my office or email my office. Um, in addition to the program, which I definitely recommend people do first, but if for some reason you feel that it wasn't enough or you want to speak to me directly or, uh, you know, I do, I do full-day intensives. I you know, fly to your house and work with you and your spouse. Um, and I also do um, private one-on-one -on -one sessions uh, via phone. Uh, let me be totally frank. My fees are very high. My time is incredibly valuable. I got 9,000 things going on. And, um, and it's really not necessary. I mean, if you're one of these high net worth people and money is no obstacle and you just want to speak to me, you know, great, I'm, I'm ready to go. Uh, you know, most people are not in that situation and it's okay. That's why I've created this program, you know, for an, afford for an affordable amount. Um, I've basically taken all of these teachings and all of this advice and, and sort of collated it into these videos, these audios, and these PDFs to help people. Even before you uh, purchase and do the program, if you want, totally free on my website, no strings attached, there are seven secrets for fixing your marriage. You just put in your name and email address. You'll get these emails from me, um, which are really content heavy. I mean, I, I, I really give away some very, very good advice in those emails. And it'll give you a sense as to who I am, where I'm coming from, how I think, how I develop ideas, what my advice is. Um, and that's totally free. There's no strings attached. So um, uh, even before you do the program, you know, you can feel free to uh, opt in for that free report. And I'm also going to put a link in... We have a documentary called Back from the Brink, um, and it's kind of a chronicles people in marriage crisis. And these are actual clients of yours that yes. that really were at the, the the brink of divorce and and were able to to strengthen their marriages and stay yeah, together. It's a, it's a very interesting documentary. It was uh, written and produced by um, Thomas Thomas, who's a young filmmaker. 
I'll put the link in the show notes for that as well. So thanks so much for being with me again today. Uh, we'll have to, I'll have to have you back. You're, you're going to end up being a regular on the show. I'm ready. I enjoy it. You ask great questions. I appreciate it. Uh, I hope it's helpful to your audience. All right, parents, if your marriage is struggling, be proactive. Go check out all that Mort has to offer. You can go to marriagemax.com. Find him on Facebook under Mort Fertel Marriage Fitness. I'm going to put all the links to his YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest. He's everywhere. Put all of those in the show notes as well as the documentary Back from the Brink. All right, till next time, everyone. Take care.